slight delay on the recording audio. Okay. Beruchim Aboyim B'Shem Hashem Berachnuchem Ves Hashem. Welcome to our weekly, and we mean weekly Wednesday night cheer. As each week, dedicated to the Nishmas Rebbeim Rebbechanan Yantaflipa, Shmuel Yaakov and Moshe, and Jeanette Bas Rebbeim Akoyin. Shabbos is Pashas Tazria. Oftentimes, Tazria and Mitzayra together. This week, this year, because of the leap year, because of Ibiyar, they are separated. We spoke last week that Shmini, for most part, comes in conjunction with Pesach, right after Pesach. Therefore, we have Shmini and Shmeina, usually, we read it eight times, not usually, but it happens often enough. Shmini and it's read eight times and because of the leap year, because of the Ibiyar Shemini is was the week before, whoops, hold on one minute, you gotta mute your mics get this okay, now you don't have to mute your mic, I don't care what you do um, so this week is Pasha Tazriya itself Tazriya and Mitzayra are not combined. But fear not. It's not a boring Pasha. It's not a boring Shabbos. Because we don't have a second Pasha as Mitzayra, but we do have a second Tzayra, which would be Shabbos Rishchidosh. And then, put the cherry on the cake, on the ice cream, we have a third Tzayra, which is Pasha Sachidosh. We spoke about the Dalat Parshes. The four Parshes come in an order. Shkolem, Zacher, Para, and Chedesh. And the Shabbos before Chedesh is Para. Not the Shabbos after Para is Chedesh. We spoke a few months ago. Last time Shabbos was Chedesh was also there was a third Sefer Teda. I spoke the significance of the three sifritera and how when the Arankadesh open, when we're going to take out three sifritera, it's Aisratsan to the Spal and it's a very, very potent time to, for Tvila, for prayer, and one should pray, take the seize seize the moment to pray for whatever they need and of course the main thing that Klal Yisrael needs is Gula Mitzvah Hashtema, which is the revelation of Mashiach Tzidkenu. Unfortunately, Meduvim Tzarchiyamcha, and there are many different things that people feel they need, whether it be financial, whether it be shidduchim, whether it be children. Sakhaj Baruch Hu Bench Klal Yisrael Bana Chayim Zeina Ravicha Kul Ravicha. Children with Shaduchim, with Parnasa, Menuchas HaNefesh, Menuchas HaGuf. When we daven by the open Aron Kedesh, we shouldn't have to think of anything that might be borderline frivolous, but rather the, old, the ultimate most important trilis that we need to daven. Pasht in itself has its own level of explanations that need to be clarified, which we will get into. The name of the Parsha, how the name of the Parsha coincides with, the act, with its actual content of the Parsha. We're going to talk a little bit about Eshchedish, Eshchedish Nisan, Minhogi of Nisan, customs that are relevant to Chedish Nisan, Pashas HaChedesh, HaChedesh Zalachem Reish Chadashim. And in Yerza Hashem, as we've done in the past, we're going to discuss a little bit of Hilchas Pesach, Seder Pesach, etc. Usually we try to start that Shleishim Yem Kedem Achag, 30 days before the Yom Tif, right after Purim, usually the first year, already starts with parts of Hilchas Pesach. Unfortunately, I didn't... Um, managed to squeeze it into the time time slot of the one hour. But we're going to be religious about one hour. We have to stay religious about one hour. 
and the most popular WhatsApp that went around of the last day or two is the fellow that asked for the Mazel Tov because he finished Shas and he finished Shulchan Aruch and he finished Rambam and now he's moving on to the next shelf in his bookshelf which has different books but he finished cleaning those um, obviously it's well written enough that you wait till the end before you realize that he's not talking about finished learning them but rather finished cleaning them one of the most potent lessons from this week's Pasha so we're going to go back into the name of the Pasha and how the name of the Pasha fits in with the actual laws in the Pasha but prior to that just taking a postage out of context Chapter 13, verse 3, Pedic Yud Gimel, Pasuk Gimel. The Pasuk tells us, Negat Serasu, Vero Akeim, Vitim Eisei. It's a lesion. It's a mark of Tseras, leprosy. When the Kayan sees it, he should pronounce him unclean. when the Kayan sees it generally as is customary today when one has an issue one has a question one has a problem with halakhic ramifications one goes to the rabbi to the rov Where does the Kayan come into the dimension here? Where does the Kayan come into play? And since the Pasuk does say, does that mean that you don't go to a rabbi at all? Does that mean a rabbi can't say anything? But according to the dictate of the Pasuk, only if the only the Kayan can say if it's pure or impure. What if the Kayan doesn't know how to assess it? The Rambam writes, we go to a Rav. And the Rav looks at it. Hold on, this is not going to work. Did Atlanta get in the call? No, Atlanta did not get another call. Hold on a minute. We need to add Atlanta into the call. Um, uh, I need to remember how to add Atlanta into this call. Oh, meaning on this, that doesn't help. I think I lost everyone on the call. Join call. Okay, let's see if it works. Um, yes, we call in the Rav, says the Rambam, and the Rav looks at it, and the Rav then. gives his decision but doesn't pass judgment in other words the Rav will turn welcome Atlanta the Rav will turn to the Kayin and tell the Kayin I'm sorry Mr. Kayin this is not good 
he's not pure, he's impure. The Kayan that needs to turn to the person and tell the person, I'm sorry, you're impure. Or you're pure. Whatever the Rav dictated, whatever the Rav paskind, as we say, the Kayan will ultimately pass the halachic ramification. This rule, which the Torah is clearly citing, is a reflection of extreme, extreme sensitivity that's necessary when we pass judgment on a person. Especially when the ramifications are as harsh as impurity associated with tzeras. If someone becomes, God forbid, impure from tzeras, from leprosy, They don't wait to get sprinkled by the Paraduma. They are sent out of the entire Machina. They're sent out of the encampment. They're put in solitary confinement outside of the settlement of the Jewish nation. And they need to spend X amount of time there. To which the Kayan will then come and revisit him. It's not he can come in and ask the Kayan again. The Kayan will come and revisit after seven days usually. And again, the Kayan will, if he can make past judgment, he will say. And if he can't, he will call it off and again have the judgment made. This is extremely severe. And therefore... When the Tater tells us that it's only the Koyen that can pass this judgment, the Tater has a special, a special message. A Koyen is known as Ish Chesed. It's actually interesting to note um, one may not ask a Kayin to do something for them. Because a Kayin, salachically, because the Kayin is a servant of God that has to serve in the temple. And therefore we're not allowed to ask the Kayin to do something for us. However, the world, the world does have its way of going around, the way of existing and coexisting what happened to Atlanta? Coexisting one with the other. Um, Skype is going to be a problem tonight, I'm afraid, because I think the phone's going to die. Because my charger is not working. The Kayin. You don't even do a chesed? Mm. You want to go to my car and get the wire from my car? Mm. It's a green wire. Um, on the other side of the street, they got nine cars down. Keep beeping, you'll find it. It's this in the, plugged into the... Uh, hello? Not the glove compartment, in the front over there. There's in the, the ash in the lighter. There's a black one. They can bring the black one, only bring the... The long one, the blue one, or the green one, whatever it is. Unplug it from me. Thank you so much. Maybe we can get, charge this phone after all. The Kayin, therefore, if you do ask the Kayin to do something, or if a Kayin does something for you, the Rebbe once cited somebody. I don't remember how it came about. If the Rebbe asked the person to actually do it, or if the Kayin himself actually volunteered to do something for the Rebbe. And the Rebbe said, Kayin ish chesed. The Kayin is an ish chesed, and therefore, he does it out of chasadim.
He does it because Ishchesed is a kind person, and this is therefore his way of doing it. So being an Ishchesed, Hamavarech is Ame Yisrael Be'ahava, and he blesses the Jewish nation out of love. Therefore, this genuine love that a Koyan has for a fellow Jew, he will spare no effort within the guidelines of Allah, of course, and try to find a way to save the person from isolation, the misery that comes with the impurity of Tzeras. The lesson to us is that the same is true any person at any time. We see sometimes people in unfavorable light. Let us say, the person is so wicked, they deserve to be exercised, they deserve to be put out of the the community. Before passing judgment on a fellow Jew, we need to remember that only if a person is sensitive, has full, genuine love and kindness towards a fellow Jew, and Torah knowledge is a knowledgeable person in Torah, and knows enough in Torah to be able to actually pass a judgment of such, like a Koyen, only then can one say something to a fellow Jew. Not though, if it's out of animosity, if it's out of hard feelings, if it's out of hatred. This is not the way the message is delayed, is relayed, excuse me. And that is the lesson the Taylor teaches us here. Telling us that the Kayin needs to only, the Kayin needs to pronounce, and only the Kayin is the one that can say what is the psak on this person. Pashtazia speaks of several impurities with the human body. And also teaches us how to how one gets purified from them. Rashi notes that this is almost in conjunction or continuation of the end of Pasha Shmini, teaching us, as we said last week, Lahavdul bin Toyl bin Tomei to make that separation between the pure and the impure kosher and the non-kosher animals. Oh, it's purple. Bless you. Okay, let's see if we can salvage some Skype tonight. Well, it's not very long, but okay, we'll put them somewhere else. Go ahead, plug it in. Oops. Oh, it's very short. Okay, pull the chair over here. Okay, guys, Skype fellows, you're down here. Yeah. Hold on, get you back on. Okay, ah. readjust the angle. Okay, not so bad. So this is in, conju- in conjunction with or continuation of the kosher and the non-kosher animals. And Rashi quotes the Medish, it says, just as man was created, man's creation was after the creation of all the beasts and animals and birds and fish, so too the Torah talks about 
the laws concerning the status of a man after it talks about the animals, the beasts, and the birds. Question really is we thought we're the most important dimension in this whole world, creation. Why was the person created after the other people, after everything else? Why was man created on the sixth day after all the other creations were created already? And the message explains. If a person, chas does not behave the way they should, does not follow the dictum of Teda and Mitzvahs, does not complete the God's commandments, how did this happen now? One second on Skype, we have a problem. What's up? Oh, Gavari. So I'm, I'm going to call you back after 10 o'clock. Can I call you? He's in the middle of a class. See if I can get back to Skype. Skype is back on the game. Okay, good. Sorry. It was unusual for that person to call at this hour. I thought it must be something important. So if a person doesn't behave, says the Medrash, we say to him, Ben Adam, son of man, the gnat preceded you. The snail preceded you. To teach us that to a certain sense man is inferior to the rest of creation. To everything that was created before him. The Atarev explains in Perikhov of Tanya that the inferiority the Medrash refers to is man's inherent Ability to desire what God forbids. The person does not actually disobey God, but they have a taiva, they have this want for the prohibited, prohibitive fruit. <coughs> Whereas non kosher animals and beasts, they're incapable of defying anything that God wants. Their mission is whatever it is, and they know they have to do that. The purpose and reason they're created in the world. Whereas the human being is capable of being drawn to behavior that's not becoming of God's creation. Showing us, therefore, that the human is lowlier than the nature, the animals, beasts, and the fowl, etc. This explains... Just as the creation of man follows the creation of animals, so too the laws of purity and impurity, when it comes to a man, follows that of the animals and the beasts, the kosher and the non-kosher. This ultimately represents the spiritual refinement that one needs to go through on various aspects of creation. Where do we take it from? Through our guide, which is the Torah. And as a rule, the Torah gradually advances the learner from lighter topics and easier tasks to those that are more difficult to grasp or accomplish. So the final task the Torah addresses 
is the refinement of the coarse human body. Because man has potential to oppose God's will directly more so than any other creation. His laws and refinement therefore are the most difficult task of them all. It's hardest for the human being to ultimately stay in line as we would say. Whereas animals have no choice in the matter. They do what they're told, how they're taught, and the way they're supposed to. I feel terrible keeping Skype down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we said before, we need to understand how the parish of Tazia, hold on, Somebody wants to know. Is it really a punishment? Let's get real. How many times do you want peace and quiet? How many times do you just want to get away from it all? You want to just slide out of the whole situation here and have some downtime, as we call it. So is it really a punishment for the Mitzayra to be sent outside of the camp in solitary confinement to be on his own? Hey, he's got no one to fight with. And no one bothering him. Um, Practically speaking... A person has a certain nature. Every person has his own nature. Majority people, nice from Eden, have a tendencies or have their schedules where they dive in three times a day with a minion, for example. Hopefully they have a sheer once a week, once a day. When a person is deprived of that, not, he went on a flight, took a flight to who knows where, and there was no way of getting a minion in between. If chas a person, is hospitalized, and they have a contagious disease and they need to be put in the bubble, They don't consider that a vacation. When a person is deemed Metzeda, a leper, it's extremely painful. The physical pain, I don't, I can't tell you, I don't remember seeing anywhere how it physically pains the person, if it physically hurts or not. But to know, I can't mix with society today. I can't come into any minion now. I can't go to the mikvah today. Because I'm ostracized. No. That's not what I thought had in mind when I said vacation. <laughs> they have a children's story, video, tape, whatever. Shmuel Kundal of and they were supposed to be just taking down the shul or Khmer son. So they got a letter of eviction. <laughs> and the Gabbai of the shul, Shamas of the shul, was not very, very fluent in, in English. And when they came to take down the shul on Shabbos, they asked them, they said, You got a letter of eviction? And the people asked the Shamas, You got a letter of eviction? He says, I got a letter for vacation. I didn't want vacation. Who wants a vacation? <laughs> no. This is definitely more eviction than a vacation. The name of the Parsha, as we said, is Tazriya. The general 
gist of the parsha, as we say. And generally, when we give a name of the parsha, it's usually because of the first few words, but not always that. We see parsha's noyach is Eila Toldos Noyach, and Toldos. So therefore, we see that other parshas don't have necessarily the first word of the parsha. And here too is Isha Kisa Zriya. It doesn't start. It's It doesn't start with the word Tazriya. But we see though Tazriya referring to the woman giving birth, and the actual Torah portion don't jive. They don't fit. Because it's all talking about tzaras and all the different types of leprosies, which are the most severe levels of impurity. So much so, if you keep your score at home, the Gemara Nedarim, Samach Dal Ramad Beis, 64, side 2, tells us the Metzeda Chashif Kameis. The mitzvah of the leper is considered as if a dead person. They need to sit in solitary confinement and everything else. But Tazria talks about planting, growing, birth, rejuvenation. The total extreme opposite. This detailer hints on the essence of Negoyim, of the punishments of Tater in general. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we know, the Almighty, is Tachlis HaTev V'Hachesed, the ultimate good and kindness. Has no intention, as we see, if you keep in score at home, the Gemara in Brachas, Hey Amar Aleph, 5, side 1. He has no intention, no desire to punish the person. All HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants is to strengthen, to build up the person, to take away the shells, the peels of sin, to purify them, to elevate them to a level higher and higher. Skype's having issues. Yet this worst of punishments, which goes into a level of death, Rahman ultimately has a good message for the person. Even if the person needs to be removed from the world, this is still good for the person himself. Because they have the Chayim Nitzchim, the perpetual life in Elam Haba. This is therefore the essence of what the, the Torah is talking about here. The essence of the concept of the lepre, leprosy, of the different rashes. Ramam writes, all these Nagoyim were Nisim, they were miraculous. And they came actually from Lashon Hara, from blasphemy. When a person spoke Rechman al-Islam Lashon Hara, the first thing that happened were the walls of the house were affected. If they did tshuva, the walls of the house became pure. Yes, you did not take the walls of the house out of the machna. You cut out the piece of the tzeras and that went out of the machna. Before I get a text. If, however... He continued and 
kept going the way he was going. The leather garments were smitten. If he continued his wicked ways, they had to be burnt. <coughs> and ultimately the garments of which he literally was wearing. If, however, God forbid, he still had not done tshuva, still not repented for the blasphemy for talking Losh and Hara about other people, it went onto his actual body, his physical body. This is the warning, therefore, that comes about by these infections of Saras. Telling a person, wake up, smell the coffee, and start repenting. Only if, after all the signs before, he did not stop and persisted in his sinning ways, and persisted in talking bad about others, only then does his body itself get, get smitten. And if he reached, God forbid, such a level... He needs to get out of the camp. So that he's no longer attached with the wicked people that he sits around with and talks to Lashon Hara. At this point, when he's given his time to think, and obviously not happy about it, this is what wakes him up. This is his breath of fresh air? No. This is his wake-up call. To have him snap out a little bit of reverie, to snap out of these evil ways. And hopefully, at this point, the person will repent and the person will refine himself and return to Kedusha. So, we find each love, each level of this saras is another message to the person telling him please please wake up smell the coffee one of the holiest books the Jewish nation boasts is the book composed the songs of the holy king David the Sefer HaTehillim the Sefer Tehillim holds for us prayers, supplements, most holiest connections to God. Dover Melech begins the Tehillim with a very potent message. How good is it for the person that did not go with the counsel of the wicked? And in the ways of the sinner did not stand. And the settlement, settling of the light-headed he did not sit with. Dovramelech does this in a specific order. The first thing that happens to a person is Rachman al-Itzlan, he's Heilech, he goes Heilech Batsas Rishoyim. With the counsel of wicked people, He's not doing anything wrong necessarily, but he's walking their path. You're walking with them. And then, everybody stops together. And you stand together now. Don't, don't get, you started walking with them, was bad enough, don't stand still with them now. Because what will happen, says Dovr Melech? And I'm warning you one more thing not to have to show them fall into Meshiv Leitzim Don't sit 
amongst the leitzim, amongst the fools, amongst the jokers. Because this brings to frivolous talk. And this brings to Chas V'Shalom Lashon Hara. Therefore, this Etzin Pasha that talks about how one is warned again and again in order to repent to God, Tafka this Pasha is called Tazriya. To teach us the essence of the how the innards of a person, of each and every one of these rashes or negoyim that the Torah talks about, they're in order to plant, to give birth to a Metziah Chadosha in a person, a pure Jew, a better Jew. So when we go for count for not counseling per se, when we go to somebody and we talk to them and we hear from them and we take their advice and we change our ways slowly and slowly and slowly. We hit, we hit sometimes hiccups, we hit bumps in the road. And we start to wonder, is their counsel actually right? Or do I want to take that path? Am I ready to get onto the ship over here? Am I ready to join this train? Am I ready to run all the way with this? And we have these little, in Hebrew called refyonis, these little doubts that drop into us. Teaches us the Torah that each time we have these doubts, Sophic is Gematria Amalek we spoke. Doubt is just like the Amalek. And this is what Tazria tells us that we need to plant. This is the essence of the premius of Golos. For in Golos we are planting. In the Golos we are planting our mitzvahs and our mice and And we do it through severe situations, through pain, painstakingly. We face a lot of controversy. We face people that don't want us to succeed. We face people that have always something negative to tell us. For what? So that we plant the proper seeds for the growth in the time of Mashiach. And the merit, the reward that we are given in the time of Gula is not something separate from what we did. The opposite. The reward is not just the planting and the light of the mitzvah that we planted in the Golos, but this is the ultimate fruits that we will bear from it. Mm. And because of Mamish we will see this with our own eyes, with Bibias Mashiach Tzadkenu, Begula Mitus Vashneimah. And we need this every second. And as the Ramam says, every time we talk about Gula Mitus Vashneimah, we need to end, end it with a prayer of Amen Keni Hirotzein. Time restraints doesn't work well. The months of Nisan and Tishrei have two different paths, two different ways of serving God. Tishrei is a month of tshuva, repentance. Person is asked in the whole Chadish El to prepare for it, to awaken Lashuv, to return to God, to improve our ways. After preparing and after doing and after resolutions, etc., we have the blessings of the Shefa, etc., that God gives down, pours down upon us. This is referred to as Isarusa de Lesato. It's a wake up call from within. And this ultimately brings about Isarusa de Lieva. And Isarusa is from above. On the flip side, shall we say, the month of Nisan, Nisan comes, as the Zayar explains, from the word nes, miracle, 
This is the month of the Jews leave exile. They lift Mitzrayim. The month of which the revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Melech Malchai Amlochim HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as we say in the Haggadah. The great miracles were higher than any kind of nature could show. The Jewish nation at the time, unfortunately, was not fit, was not ready for redemption. This ultimately was a chesed milmaila, a kindness of God's part. And therefore, since it came from God's hand, and it was God's chesed, it's a sarusa dele'ela. This comes from above. And this needs to awaken within the person here below. And this we see in the beginning of our Pasha, Isha Kisazia Viyoldo Zohar. A woman that becomes pregnant and gives birth to a boy. And the Chazal tells us if we keep in score at home, the Gemara Brachas, the Samach Amar Aleph, sixty side one. The Gemara tells us Ish Maziat Chila Yilad is the Kevo, Isha Mazras Chila Yilad is Zohar. Ish and Isha, man and woman. Represent the concept of Mashpia and Mekabal. The one that is the shepherd and the one that is the flock, the sheep. The Mashpia is the one that influences and the Mekabal is the one that accepts. The Ish is the Mashpia and that implies HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And from him the entire world receives its influence, its existence. The woman is the Mechabal, the Tachtan down below, Knesset Yisrael, the Jewish nation. And so too, when we say the male, we refer to strength, and the Keva is on the weaker side. Don't say that now in the house, because your wife's going to tell you, take the mop, take the bucket, take the broom, and clean yourself. You're a strong guy, you do it. Nothing wrong if you help, by the way, for Pesach. This, Hasidus explains as follows. Ish maziyat When the Ashpa comes milmaila, when it comes the influence from above, HaKadosh Baruch and he wakes up, it's Then there's like, Yeledus Nekeva. It comes out as an akeva because the person doesn't have enough strength, doesn't take enough of this rusadleva, does not make of it what they need to make of it. Whereas Ishimazitkila, if the woman comes about brings first and the Surusal the Sata starts it, and it's down the person himself, Knesyashal does this. They awaken not only their own, they awaken God, God Himself, therefore, Yelad the Zohar comes to a firm and strong resolution and result. And therefore, there's an opinion if you keep his score at home, Yimsech Tishashashana, Yir Aleph Amr Aleph 11, side 1. That Gula Sida, the future Gula redemption, will come about in Tishrei, the month in which everything comes from from below within the person. In order for it to be an a everlasting existence, the person himself needs to awaken this. Not what someone else is going to influence them. Not something else that someone else is going to tell them that they say, "Okay, I." take your word for it, and I accept your word, but the person themselves needs to have 
their own devotion, their own dedication, their in, their initiative, and by taking their own initiative, taking the bull by the horn on their own, then ultimately they hold on to the bull. And although it says Vinisan Nigalu that in Nisan we were redeemed and in Nisan we will ultimately be redeemed again. Because on the Geula, see that it says, ish ish yulad bo. Again, a reference to Tilim, Pezayin, Pasuk Hei. Which means to say, that even though there will come in a Yamar ish, still in all the strength will be of a Zachar, and Ish Yulad Bo, and Ish will be born. And this is also the tremendous, tremendous stage that if we awake, also the awakening from the Maila, the Nisan, the miraculous awakening, has all its Mailas of awakening within the person itself. And this is how the Gula Mitzvah and the Gula Nitzchis, Shein Acharei Golas will come about. Rabbi Yitzchak, Chaydish Nisan, Chaydish Nisan, we have to talk about. Whoa, it's late. Rishchidish Nisan. On Rishchidish Nisan, the first of the customs that is kept is the Nisim. The Nisim of each generation, of each Shevet, each tribe, brought Karbanais. They brought sacrifices for the dedication of the Beis Hamikdash. There are different customs how it's done. There are those that have a custom to take out literally a sevetera from the Saran Kedish and they read the Nasi Ayyim, they read the Nasi of that day. Ubayyim Arishin, Ubayyim Asheni, etc. Mini Chabad, each person has, in the back of the city usually, the Nasiim, and they start the first day, Vayyibayyim Makriv, and they read until the first Nasi. And when they finish the carbon of the first Nasi, they say, Yehirotzen, if I come from the Shevet, may it be as if we were makrev the carbon this, month, this day. But we do this every single day, even if you're a Kayan or a Levi, and you technically don't come from any other Shevet, except for Levi, but still in all we read, each day the Shevet Layim. This is the Nasi. Oh no, Rabbi, you're putting on more tax on us. You're taking up more time. How am I ever going to get out of shul, Rabbi, if you're telling me I have to say something else now in shul? So good news, Rabbi Yisai. The entire month of Nisan we will not be saying Taknun. So if, Chas we have to say Taknun tomorrow, this is going to be the last, if we have to still say Friday, Chas will be the last time we say Taknun in this Golos, because once Chedish Nisan starts, there will be no Taknun, and as Chedish Nisan goes in, we will have the Nisim of Nisan the Igol, also the Igol, and there will be ultimate redemption of Yem Shikulei Shabbos and Menucha, and then we will not be saying Tachnon once again, ever and ever again. So therefore, since you have those extra minutes on Tachnon, there's only a few seconds added for the Nasi, so you're ahead of the game. Don't, uh, don't fret. Make sure you say the daily Nasi. Live with him. He's a good man, the Nasi. On the 13th day, we read into Baha'u'llah, at the end of the Kriya is actually the Kriya from Hanukkah that we find this in. That's where you'll find all the Nasim. On the 13th day, we will read from, we won't say the Yeratzin, but we'll read about the Menera, the Arnakayin Lit, hence, he too partook in the dedication of the Bismillah and of the Mishkan as we spoke about. HaKadosh is Elohim Reish Kadoshim L'Cheda says the Teda should have started with HaKadosh is Elohim with the Mitzvah of HaKadosh Nisan is the first Mitzvah that we have benching the new month blessing a new month the concept of the months according to the Jewish religion as we go according to the lunar calendar and therefore, the Kiddush Achedish, which is taught in this in the Teda by Achedish Zalachem, is the first mitzvah that we are given. 
So the Chedah says, Rabbi Yitzchak, the Tere should have started with this mitzvah. Why the story of Bereshah's creation and Adam Rishon Avram Neach, Avram Yitzchak, Yaakov, Shvatim, goes Mitzrayim. Why until we finally get HaChedah Shazelachem? This teaches us that everything here is relevant to our daily life and how we have to live our life. And therefore, Bereshah's Baralekim, a person needs to know that in the Beis Reishas, in the two firsts, Yisrael Shnikraim Reishas and Tehidah Shnikraim Reishas, the Jews are called the first and the Tehidah is called the first. Beis Reishas represents the two different things called first. These two things are how we start our life, how we need to exist and how we need to coexist. Let us turn a little bit focus on Erev Pesach. This year Erev Pesach is a Friday. So first of all, let us discuss another custom, which is not a custom, which is something that we need to take care of before Pesach, which is Mechiras Chometz, to sell our Chometz. It's not usually done before Eshchidosh, therefore I don't have any paper yet. Sunday we'll have the paper and we will start selling comments then selling of comments if you, come, you, you go to your local rabbi or to the rabbi that you know and you give him your comments the rabbi himself makes a Kenyan with you which is a binding arbitration and then the rabbi, then in turn, Erev Pesach, before the time, will sell the chametz to a goy, to a non-Jew. This goy will then own this chametz throughout the, the, whole, the entire Yom Tif, And the rabbi meets with him on the end of Yom Tif and buys back everything so that we can take back what we have. It's not a loophole. The Torah tells us twice a love about chametz. You may not see and you know, may not find chametz in your house. And therefore you are not allowed to be an owner of chametz, whether or not you know that the chametz is there, is irrelevant. If chametz is in your possession, you, chas are going against what it says in the Torah, the dictator of the Torah, of not having chametz at home. Therefore, by selling your chametz to a guy. It's not yours, and therefore, if you keep it in a certain closet, you're fine. What happens, Rabbi? This is a question that always comes up. I'm going away to Israel. Now, usually it's a big question, it's a big problem, because in Israel is only seven days, and when we have our eighth day of Pesach, they're already eating chametz, they're eating pizza. This year, we don't have that problem, because the eighth day of Pesach, we laugh at them, and we say, ha-ha, you're still eating matzah, because it's Shabbos. And therefore you can't eat, and you can't get you back your chametz Friday night. So although it's not Pesach, you're going to be davening regular Shabbos davening, the chametz you still can't eat, because it wasn't bought back. So what do I do? If I'm in Israel, seven hours ahead of America, and my chametz is not bought back yet, can I eat chametz in Israel? So if someone wants to do that way, the easiest solution, not the easiest solution, what the solution would be ultimately, is the rabbi himself, when you, before you leave America, buys your chametz. Doesn't just take it over, he buys it from you. Your house, your apartment, your car, whatever you're doing. He buys this from you, and therefore, it's now his. So when you're, wherever you are, until the rabbi doesn't sell the chametz back, it's his doesn't become yours. That's the basic Mechidus Chamez in a nutshell. I would like to talk a little bit about the Seder as well. Uh, it's Friday, it's Erev Shabbos, Friday night is the first Seder, and therefore anything that needs to be prepared, salt water, um, anything that needs to be prepared for the Seder cannot be prepared on Shabbos, needs to be prepared on Friday day. Um, unfortunately, we ran out of time. Billion of the next week's here I will dedicate mostly to Hilchas Pesach.
to the Seder, Leil Seder, and the other halachas relevant throughout Chag Pesach, Benching of Tal, etc. This Shabbos, though, we will all find ourselves in Yerushalayim, in Akedish, so that this year will be Nechem and Azvachim and Apsachim. Shabbat Shalom to all.